0: The basketball transfer portal is going absolutely crazy. We're also going to look at the spring game and have some ideas of what the NCAA could do to change all of it. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. So spring football game is on Saturday. It's at Alumni Stadium. It's an 11 o'clock kickoff. Um, And first of all, before I get into the spring game, if you listened to yesterday's episode where I kind of ranted and raved about the spring game, I have a slight mea culpa uh, or apology I want to give out about some of the things I said. Um, I kind of ranted and raved about the emails, not getting any emails about the spring game, and not being able to find access to any of the information about it. But the, to be fair, I wasn't completely wrong. All my emails were getting sent to my spam folder. I don't know if I did that on purpose or if Gmail just sees all my BC stuff and gets sent to, right to my spam. So um, it was sent, and I noticed a couple of fans and readers out there sent out, hey, AJ, they are sending them out. Um, and there is info. They're, they're doing some things. They're doing, if you have kids, it's like, it's got some cool stuff for kids um, with like uh, doing some drills and things like that with the coaching staff before the game. They're also going to do uh, a whole, it's called Spring Fest for, for the whole weekend. And they have um, autographs after the game, which they've done for decades. They they're gonna do fan fest, which is like you know face painting and balloons and all that good or whatever it is. But the the other piece that I laughed at was when I said you know they gotta give out stuff for people to come in. They're giving out fan fest shirts for the first five hundred people that show up to the game. So credit to BC there. Now that being said, I still stand by my thoughts that it's not being advertised in a lot because they also said oh it's on their website. Yeah, it's on their website, but you have to scroll. All the way to the bottom of the page on the bottom right-hand corner in a little picture to find anything about the game. So, I'm still I'm still sticking with it. it should be kind of more, pre- uh, you know, pu- publicized and, and bigger on their site. But that's just, you know, here there. Now, this conversation is not to complain about anything of the spring game. As I said, yeah, on yesterday's episode, I have stuff about the, the, the fan festival and the way that I think that it would be great for all ages. And you can go back and listen to my thoughts on that if you uh, go to yesterday's uh, post. I think you'll like that. Yesterday's show, excuse me. This episode, to to kick it off, I have ideas. I think we're getting to the point in college football where we need to re-envision the spring game in general. And it's a kind of a multi-pronged reason for why I think this should happen. I think the spring games across the nation should just go away. And what I think should go in their place, instead of just the scrimmage, is have your FCS game in the spring. And the reason why I say that is I think the FCS should play in the spring. Give them that—I mean, people are dying for football all year long. You could get them good media contracts. People will watch them. People will go to the games. I mean gosh, if it, you know, how big would a program like North Dakota, who it's already big, or James Madison, which would become almost national schools if they played in the spring. During the during this fall, these FCS schools are buried by the big major 5 programs and even some of the G5 programs, right? Because they're they're way down there on that pecking list. Why not have them play in the spring? And have them play their game against the spring team uh, of whatever team that they're playing against. And you can make it count. You can make it not count. It doesn't matter either way. You know, there's some FCS games. We've seen FCS teams beat FBS teams. But what's that, like 1%, 2% of the time? It happens, but it's not very frequently, right? And on top of that, for all of you folks that are like, please stop scheduling FCS schools. That would do it for you because you'd get that sprint. It's almost like an exhibition, anyways. You move it, you play against a different team. Now, there's other reasons why this will never happen. Mainly, you know, the spring games themselves—they play it so that players don't get hurt. If you play against an FCS school, you saw what happened with Djokovic when he played uh, UMass, which is about as close to an FCS school as you can get. Stuff could happen. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my pie in the sky idea here. I think the FCS should get their season and move it to the spring. I think that the FBS teams should play them in the spring. And you know, if your team is not healthy enough to do it, then you cancel it. You know what? You know you you can you can have them. You know, give them the money to come and play. And you know, when you have an FCS school, you know the spring games. What do they bring to BC? I mean, well, I've gone to so many of those games, and I'm sure it's going to be like this on Saturday. Like what, like four thousand, three thousand people? Like you can't even fill out both sidelines with it because there's just not enough people that want to go and watch it. You go to an FBS, FCS game, yeah, during the school year, it's not the most attended game, but if you put it in the spring and you bring in twenty, you know, twenty-eight thousand people, that's a big difference. So that's my idea. And what that does is for all of you folks that want harder schedules, that gets that FCS schedule team off of your fall schedule. That puts them in the spring, and guess what? You now have an extra slot that you can fill with another FBS team. You could you could play a Pac 10 team, Pac 12 team, a Big Ten team. You name it, you could figure it out. And that just frees up another slot and you get a more interesting schedule. So that's just kind of my thoughts. I think it would breathe some life. And you know what? Things are done a certain way for a long time, but there's always a reason to shake things up. Like in Major League Baseball right now, the the thought of an automatic umpire, like years ago, that would have been like, oh, my gosh, that sounds terrible. Why would you do that? But now you've seen all these bad games where they ruin it and inconsistent strike zones and bad calls. And now they're thinking about it. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. And now I think a lot of folks are thinking about these FCS games and going, you know what? I'm kind of done with them. They don't really do a whole lot. How can we re envision it? Now you could just take it out of the schedule. I know a lot of you have said that to me, like get get that just get the game out. And I know many of you don't care, but if you remove that FCS game and just get rid of it, those programs are going to be in a world of financial hurt you're going to upend what 90 teams, 75 teams that you know play against you know whatever whatever it is it could be even more than that. They play an FBS team every year. They get a big paycheck no matter if they're playing Boston College, UMass, Yukon, Alabama, whoever they're playing, they get a big paycheck out of that. And that helps sustain their athletic departments. So I'm not a big fan of just nuking this, these games because I think it would really hurt the world of college athletics. But I am much more in, interested in thinking of other ways of looking at it. And, you know, college football right now is is all about changing things and looking at different ways of doing it. Why not make the FBS, FCS game your spring game? You could invite URI. You could invite Maine. You could you know rotate. You could have Holy Cross. You, I mean, you could have Stonehill. Stonehill's uh, Stonehill uh, College just announced that they're going to go uh, Division I. You could have them come down and get killed. And you know what? It's just an exhibition anyways. You get, some, you get more fans in. I don't know. Just something I've been thinking about. And, you know, I'm not a commissioner of sports, obviously, and I know there's a lot of moving parts there. But in a moment, we're going to switch up gears and get into basketball because— the basketball transfer portal is absolutely scorching hot, and Boston College is right in the midst of it. You're going to want to hear who they're connected with after the break. Now, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I had a tough time with my gut. I wanted to feel better with more energy, a better immune system, you know, just, just feeling better about myself. Now, I've been taking AG for about, eh, you know, like three months, four months now, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So, what is with this stuff? Why would you want to take it? It's because they have 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things that you like. Now, tons of people take some sort of multivitamin. and It's important to choose one with the high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with huge benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is AJ Black, Locked On Boston College here. On tomorrow's show, it is Mailbag Friday, and I am encouraging each and every one of you that is listening to the show, there's over 500 of you on every show this week, so I want each of you that have been listening to send me a question. I am looking forward to questions on recruiting, football, BC, anything you want to ask me. You want to ask me what my favorite beer is? You can ask me that. If you want to ask me, you know, um, what about the running back position? Who's going to be the second and third running back? Ask me that. You can ask me anything you want. And if it's a good or, or even entertaining question, I will read it on air on Friday's episode. To do that, Hit me up on Twitter at ajblack_bc. You can either throw it in my mentions or send it to me in a direct message. My direct messages are open, so if you want to do that, or if you wanted to send me a message on direct message, tell me how much you hate me. You could do that too. I don't care. I I, I have I'm, I'm as I get older, I get thicker skin. I can handle it. So, uh, mailbag Friday. Do it on Twitter, or if you're not a Twitter person, and I know not everyone does Twitter, you can email it to me at bostoncollegesi at gmail.com, or. The third option, head over to maroonandgoldforums.com. It's our forum for Locked On Boston College, BC Bulletin, all of it into one. I have an A. If you go to the football part of the page, actually, I'll put it in the podcast part. It'll say mailbag requests needed. So go in there. You can sign up. It's totally free. And join our, our message board and add. you can add your questions there as well. So I hope you do that. Now, we've been talking a little bit about basketball and getting into their transfer portal. And I need to give a shout out to Tom Kay, who's part of the Marine and Gold Forums, who corrected me when he said that there are two transfer portal spots open for Boston College right now. Now, there had been rumors that Gianni Thompson was going to enter the transfer portal, and I haven't heard anything since then. And I think the initial reports have kind of been retracted. He's been tweeting all sorts of stuff about BC, so I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think everyone else, I think the roster other than that is set. So BC has two transfer portal slots. And that's good. That's kind of what you would want at Boston College. You don't want, uh, kind of like what Halfley says with football, every year you you needing like seven transfer guys because it's like basically throwing a bunch of guys in one team and figure trying to figure it out on the fly. BC has some good continuity next year with Ashton Langford, DeMar Langford, Quentin Post, Jaden Zachary, and uh, TJ Bickerstaff all returning. You get guys that you know what they can do. You can work with them. You can try to fix some of the flaws of the team. But you can also add some depth. Now, BC has a lot of depth on their team next year because they got four really exciting uh, true freshmen coming. Donald Hand and Prince Oligby are both uh, four stars. Hand is a guard, Oligby is a forward or wing. Then they also have Chaz Kelly, who's a guard, and Armani Mighty, who I think is going to be a really good, but kind of raw right now center. So, going into the transfer portal, I think BC has two real needs. I think they're going to be looking at a backup center, someone that will bridge between Post and Mighty because I don't think Mighty will be ready next year. Um, I think he'll be the third center. And, you know, you might see his role increase as the year goes on. But he's a guy I think they're going to need to work with a little bit. He's kind of one-dimensional right now. He's a very strong defender. But I, I've heard his offense has a lot of work to go. So I don't think he'll be someone you want. But you're going to need that extra forward. I mean, extra center uh, to, to to eat up minutes. So you're going to want an experienced center. Someone who's going to get minutes. Because, I mean, Quinton Post was the backup center last year. And he played quite a bit. So you're going to need someone like that. And then... I kind of think BC has a need, uh, either for an outside shooter, someone who could pop a three, or basically like kind of like what you do in a fantasy football draft—the best available player, right? Because last year BC did a nice job of playing three guards offense. I mean, three guard lineups at times. remember they they were rolling out Demar Langford, Makai Ashton Langford, and J- Jaden Zachary a lot of the season because they were your three most talented players. Then you put next to them. You know they sometimes would go with Post and Zach, uh, Post and Langford, or Bickerstaff and, and uh Carnick, excuse me. So I think they're going to go for the best available. So that kind of opens it to anything. There's a lot of different needs out there, but what I'm not talking about is the needs specifically BC has. I'm interested, and in, you you see a lot of posts from different news art uh, news sites about different transfer portal guys saying, oh, I've been contacted by all these schools. And two names popped up on Monday uh, during the day that I thought had something really interesting in common. And both of those guys I, I want to kind of get into here. The first name is Shane D'Zone, uh, who is a 6'4 guard originally from, I think, Pennsylvania, but he played at Brewster Academy in New Hampshire. He's a transfer from Vanderbilt. He's a former four-star guard. And he, he, you know, one of those guys that entered the transfer portal because he had no role last year. Like, you're a lot of times if you're a four-star and you go to a school like Vandy, you, you're expecting that, hey, I'm going to get some good minutes here. And that never happened for Dizoni. And so he only played, you know, averaging 11 minutes per game. And by the end of the season, it was down to basically none. Um, you know, he averaged 2.4 points per game, 1.6 rebounds, and 0.7 assists. Now, you hear Brewster Academy if you're a Boston College basketball fan, you know that both Langford boys went there, and obviously Dizoni probably played with both of them. So there's some familiarity there, and I I would imagine just like just like Halfley does does that Grant is going to pick guys that fit his system, guys that he knows or someone on his staff knows. So Dizoni kind of hits that. He he's a guy that I think you know the Langfords will be able to talk about. Um, and, and connect him with them. so I don't think it's the worst idea um, for a guy like him and you know they have a ton of guards as I said you know they got at least five for next year but you know you you play three guards if you play if you have that talent you play them right so he's one that I thought was interesting uh, that BC has already connected with. now the second name that popped up what came up on Monday uh, sorry Wednesday night it feels like Monday and it's a center. And his name is Josh Agundali. And Josh Agundali is originally from London, but he played basketball in Worcester Academy. So he's a Worcester guy. Again, hometown of the Langfords. So, and again, he's a guy that connects. You you can draw the dots. He's a local dude if he wants to play locally. And he fits a need. He's a center. He's seven foot tall. Um, I was talking to someone on Twitter. I mean, uh, one of my buddies about him. And he's the complete opposite build of um, Justin Vanderbond, who is transferring out now. Justin Vanderbond, I I had a picture that I've been using, and he looks like thin, like he's just so he's like a he's like a a, a, a bony guy, right? He's like a bony guy. Agundele is not. He's like seven foot tall, and he's beefy. He's a bigger dude. So that kind of tells me, you know, like he he's a guy that can kind of plug up the middle, rebound. He hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, he was the backup uh, for Iowa. He's their backup center. He played in 27 games, didn't start any. He had 1.5 points and 1.3 rebounds per game. So, you know, you want to kind of manage your expectations here, but I really like what what Earl Grant was able to do last year in the transfer portal. I mean, every. I don't think anyone was all that happy about Quinton Post, and now he's like one of the the bedrocks of that team. And you know, if if Grant goes out and finds guys like this and says, you know, I'm looking at their stats. It's not lining up, but you know what I want this guy Gundele to do is to be that backup because you could go with your bigs. You could go post a Gundele, and then Mighty. And that would work because then Mighty can kind of eat some minutes here and there. If, if there's games that are, you know, lopsided one or the other way, you, you can sit post and play the other two. You know, there's there's ways to to do that. Uh, but you do need an experienced guy. And that's exactly what a good delay is. He's he's been around for a little bit. He is a sophomore center. Uh, but he's from the area. He's from Worcester or he played in Worcester. So he knows the, the the spot. So he's another one I think could be something to watch. And again, you're seeing BC going after some of these bigs. Some of these and it seems like a lot of the bigs that they're going after are are physical guys, d- defensive. They're going to fit the culture of what Earl Grant is doing. Guys that can kind of plug it up, get rebounds, blocks, play defense. And and, and I think that's exciting. I think that's exactly what BC needs. But again, when you read these posts, it's just conversations. It's not like the, the recruiting things. Like when I tell you, like, oh, BC offered so-and-so, that is like – that's like a – you know, for football, that's a serious thing. That's like a serious overture uh, on the recruiting trail when it's the transfer portal it they don't do the whole offer things but they'll do you know reaching out see if you're interested you'll see some of the guys that are interested that are in the portal do top 8s and things like that they'll go back and do their own recruiting thing type of thing again they'll do visits do all of that um with bc uh, basketball in the last couple of years they haven't done that you know part of it was because of covid but Uh, We'll we'll wait and see and see what happens. Now, in a moment, we're going to get into some news items, including Hockey East signing a big-time deal with ESPN. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering info, including live betting, eSports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Now, in terms of news for the day, uh, there was big hockey news. And it's actually a couple things with hockey. And first, we'll go with the bigger picture. The Hockey East Conference, where Boston College plays, signed a six-year deal with ESPN and ESPN Plus to to carry 300 of their games on ESPN Plus and 30 games, or three games, excuse me, on ESPNU. Now, this is a big deal, and I had to look up some numbers uh, because I don't have ESPN Plus yet. I'm going to probably have to at some point. But 22 million people subscribe to ESPN Plus, which is crazy. I, didn't, I had no clue that the number was that high. Now, that's 22 million people that could theoretically now watch hockey east that drastically increases the exposure of college hockey college hockey is not obviously if you're from this area you think it's big but if you go around the rest of the country i talk to my friends in louisville or clemson and they 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 laugh at it they're like college hockey really matters that much so there it's not a big deal to other parts of the country but if they start to watch some of these games, if you're a big hockey fan, if you watch the Bruins or you're watching the Hurricanes down south or the Panthers and you're craving more hockey, college hockey is a perfect, you know, it's a perfect supplement to your daily hockey needs. Right. So the hockey East getting this out so other people can watch it because before it's, you know, it's buried on Nessen for the Northeast. So that really kind of, again, makes it the tribal community type of thing where it's only up here, um, but it makes it national. It gets it out there nationally, right? And they said, you know, that this is going to have like, you know, ESPN. You that's that's big time, right? It's a better, it's almost better than the football deal where the ACC network is kind of like its own little entity. Um, so I, I think that's a big deal. Now, and on top of that, Hockey East also announced that they're continuing their deal with NESN. So all the games that aren't going to be on ESPN will be on NESN now too, which is what they've always been doing. The Beanpot will be there. The Hockey East tournament will be there. So you'll see there's more opportunities now for those games. And I love that any chance that you can get more college hockey on TV, even as a BC fan is awesome because of all the sports that BC plays between women's basketball, men's basketball, even baseball, I find hockey the hardest to find to watch on TV. Now the bigger games, they'll put them on, but they preempt, you know, hockey East or shove it off to some other thing, you know, like, You know, for how long was it going on where, like, if they played at, like, Vermont, you had to pay $10 to rent the stream for it? None of that anymore. And I know they've done some other things since then, but I'm really excited to see this really grow, the the conference. And we talked transfer portal news for basketball. Well, there's transfer portal news for hockey. It doesn't get the same buzz as basketball does. But... Boston College reportedly, according to Mike McMahon, of, um, used to cover Merrimack, but I think he has just a sub stack now. But he reported out that Boston College is landing a transfer from Notre Dame. It's just like football. Uh, Cam Burke, who's a forward, uh, he's a Boston, Boxborough native from Massachusetts. He had 19 points this year for the Irish. This is his fifth year. He's going to play his final year. You know, more talent on that offensive line. I think that's good. They're obviously going to need to build a little bit on that defense. The defense struggled a lot last season. But that's one addition, and we'll keep our eyes open because sometimes those, as I said at the beginning, like hockey transfers, you don't hear much about it, and I want to make sure you know. So it's another good addition, another nice depth piece uh, for Boston College. And then that will wrap up our episode. As I said, tomorrow's episode will be about uh, the mailbag. I'll answer that. I'll have some final thoughts about the spring game. And we'll get into everything in between. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. I I put up, uh, I'm gonna be putting up some extra uh, things up there that you're gonna wanna follow. Just go to YouTube and just hit in Lockathon Boston College. You'll find our page. Hit that subscribe button. It helps every little bit to do that. And follow me on Twitter at ajblack_bc. So we'll be back again for Friday show. We'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.